What's up, guys? You're listening to Monster in the Making. I'm the man behind the monster, your host, the bull god himself, David Berry. You might be wondering what a monster is, monsters being a badass. Any age, any event, all good. So Monster in the Making is about what lives inside of you. If you're thinking about it, we're probably going to talk about it. Here on Monster in the Making. Nod your head if you're ready. Welcome everybody at the Monster Bull Ranch here in Locust Grove, Oklahoma. I'm David Berry. I'll be the bull god that directs the arena here tonight. Um, I got a special guest with me today, Mr. Gary LaFue. And somebody was me and was talking about bull riding instructions, how to how to learn to ride bulls. And I said, you know what? I'm out of that LaFue tree. I'm that I'm the coach, he's the teacher, but I'm out of that LaFue coaching tree. And I met Gary probably 30 years ago, roughly. I mean, it's been, it's been, a, I met him in the late 80s when I was rodeoing out in California, out in the West Coast, entering all the pro rodeos out that way. And, um, but leading up to that, I remember when I was a kid in school, Gary, that, that we, uh, my school librarian subscribed to the pro rodeo sports news. And that's kind of where I seen, that's kind of when I was a kid, that's kind of when I first started seeing bull riding pictures, um, the rodeo pictures, and it kind of got me, I'd like, that was the magazine that I wanted. I, when I went in the library, that's the book I got, you know, and looked at. But you'd have an ad in there for bull riding school, Santa Maria, California, and I'm like, where the fuck's California, you know? <laughs> I mean, I'm in Locust Grove, Oklahoma, so... At the end, you know, I'm thinking this son of a bitch is way the fuck over on the other side of this, you know, the island somewhere. But anyway, long story short, with that is, as I got to rodeo on professionally, I got to go out to the West Coast. I met you, and started coming out to the ranch, and um, just kind of worked with that. Your son Brett, and uh, we just uh, kind of had a bond there started. And then when I retired from riding bulls, I. Uh, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to leave the industry. I, I love bull riding. I love bulls. But more so, I, I always looked at myself like I left shit on the table. Like, I didn't finish what I fucking came here to do. And, and so I wanted to be, um, I wanted to do something better than that. And, and my way was, was helping bull riders. Again, my first love was bucking bulls. I had that, I, but I needed to create bull riders. And, uh that have that love and passion that I had and then show them, help show them the, um, basically what I was doing wrong that held me back, show them what to do right. And, and I picked that up from doing LaFue bull ride schools. So am I a copycat? Yes, I am. As I duplicate what works, you know, I spread the word of what works. And, um, so I've done, I don't know, gosh dang, I, don't, I have no idea how many LaFue bull riding schools I've done over the years. Two, two a year, three a year, yak, yak, yak. And I just, I was always a student of the game. That You know, we, we might have 15 students or we might have 50 students, especially after the Lane Frost movie come out. Everybody wanted their boyfriend to be a bull rider. So, you know, the schools filled up then. But uh, I was always a student of the game. I was always out listening. And... Um, and so what, what you teach, what Brett teaches, 
uh, I take and I coach um, to the guys that I'm not trying to reinvent nothing. I'm trying to help them not get in their way, but help them uh, not make the mistakes I made. So anyway, as, as I, I wanted, I'm, one, I want to thank you for being here this week. Um, Gary's here at the school, uh, teaching the school here in Locust Grove. And so he's my guest tonight on my podcast, Monster in the Making. And um, he's, been mo- he's been making monsters for uh, several years. But I wanted to talk to you about kind of, the, I mean, you're famous. Everybody fucking knows you're famous. But for me and for our sold-out crowd here, what, when did Gary get started bull riding? And tell me that bull riding career story. Well, I was, you know, like every young kid at 19 years old, you're looking for your identity. You're looking for your, you know, what you want to do with your life, you know, and and, and that's a real critical period at 19, you know, the, a lot of kids, you know, probably if I hadn't found bull riding, I'd have probably ended up an alcoholic and uh, don't tell what happened to me, you know, but I was, I wasn't born in the same mold as other kids. I was looking for adventure, you know, I was thinking about going to Australia, you know, and they'd give you land over there, and, you know, there was all kinds of different options I was looking at, but one wasn't getting married and settle down right away and having kids, you know, because I wanted to get out and live a little, and, and, um, you know, I you know I, I was running around with the, the motorcycle gang out of out of Bakersfield called the Hell's Angels. You know, and they're just a bunch of okies on motorcycles. They wasn't no fucking <laughs> tough about them. You know, they're you know, but they're just a bunch of fun loving guys. And, and uh, you know, cause you go to Bakersfield. I mean, that's Western Oklahoma. Right, you know? right. <laughs> awesome. Because most of them they end up there out of the Dust Bowl. You know, <laughs> if you if you check out the history of the Dust Bowl, there were six million people. That, that had to move out of the, out of the out of this right. area, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and my folks included, you know, they right. had to go west because uh, there was there was a ten year drought and there wasn't, you know, if you was a sharecropper, you wasn't gonna make no money, you wasn't nothing to share, so you had to get the hell out of there, go find someplace to get a, you know. So they, they went west. They went west. They went west. They went west. That's how I ended up in California because my dad was from West Texas and, and my mother was from Kansas, you know, so. Both dust bowl places, and, and so your mom's from Kansas, and your dad's from Texas, West yeah. Texas. West Texas, yeah. How about that? Yeah, just a little town called Memphis, Texas. Okay. You know? And uh, but they went west, and you know, my, my dad went to school with Bob Wills uh, the, the, and their family. You know, they were neighbors, and uh, they went to school together. They played music together, and my dad played um, guitar. My uncle played violin, and my aunt played the piano. And, my mother said that they never had no money when they got west, but they didn't need any. They had music and they had each other, and they, she said it's probably the best time of their life. You know, right, right. You know, they had, you know, they they could live off the land. You know, they had cattle and they, you know, and they had, you know, and they had pigs and they had chickens and you know, so it was plenty of food. You know, it's just they, nobody had a lot of money during it's during the depression, and uh, but she said they didn't need no money to be happy. You know? Right, so, you absolutely. Know, so. But uh, getting back to my story, I was, you know, I was looking for adventure, and uh, and a friend of mine named Vidal Garcia had uh, had uh, left school and you know and and was trying to rodeo, you know, and he come home telling me the most romantic stories about rodeo, and he could really paint a romantic picture, you know. And right. The girls were all prettier, and the bulls all jumped higher and spin faster, you know, and. Uh, Man, I was just enthralled at listening to his stories, and uh, so when we were there, was actually a big motor ra- motorcycle rally and a, and a 
bull riding at uh, Clovis, California, and I had long hair and a beard, and and uh, so I went to see my buddy Vidal at the end uh, at this went in this redneck bar and some big redneck, you know, went out of his way to bump into me, you know, and look out, watch, watch where you're going, punk, you know, and I wasn't looking <laughs> for no trouble, you know, and, but when I went to get four drinks and was coming back with him and then he went out of his way to bump me and, and, and spill all them drinks and right. then I said, well, you know, you're looking for trouble, you got it, you right. found it. Here you it know? is, yeah. So, You've and, I, and I'd wrestled all through school, so I was, so I was I was pretty handy at wrestling, you know, at the little ground and pound, you know. So, so this guy's about six four, great big sunbug. But when I got him outside, I slapped him so he'd come at me, you know. And then I went <laughs> under that sunbitch and got him decked his ass, awesome. wore him out and beat shit out of him. So when, <laughs> when, I, when I come back in, you know, all them cowboys, they got to have that little hippie looking sunbitch. He's pretty tough, you know. <laughs> Scrappy. <laughs> yeah. so, so the next day, out the rodeo, Vidal Garcia was get, getting on this bull, and I was at his shoot. And the bull behind him didn't have nobody on him. And, and the guy had turned him out. He was scared of him, you know, because he was kind of notorious for whipping you down and knocking teeth out. And I think he'd busted a guy's jaw the year week before. And so they said, I said, how come nobody's getting on that bull? And they said, the guy's scared of him. I said, well, hell, I ain't scared of him, you know. So they said, well, come here, cowboy. You, you, you still bowed up from the night before. <laughs> yeah, hell, yeah. <laughs> so they, they just put some spurs on me and throwed a hat on me. And, and I got my first taste of bull riding. But I didn't go real far on this. Somebody gets an NFR bull called Iceman. But, you know, he throwed me about 20 feet, and I hit rolling. It was the most exciting, you know, moment of my life, you know. And, and, and more than anything there, I was watching the lifestyle of them rodeo cowboys. And, you know, they were a modern-day bunch of gypsies, you know. They were right. going from one town to another. And yes. just fun-loving, you know, good timing, you know. And I it's said, awesome. God, yeah. I said, you know. That's, that's mean. That's getting paid for having fun yes, right there. So yes. I yeah. don't care what it takes. That you know, I will. I will put in the time, put in the effort, and whatever it takes. That's going to be me right there. That's I'm going to make a living. You know. How old and was you at this time? I was about 19 and a half. Okay. And uh, so I got a job and and uh, started saving all my money, and then I, you know, the old timers told me you have to get on about 100 bulls before everything comes comes right. You know, they said. Whether you ride them or not, you're going to learn something on every bull you get on. So stick Absolutely. your chest out, lift on your rope, and try, you know. And uh, so my first goal was to get on 100 bulls, you know. And so when I'd go, I'd leave on Friday night and drive to a practice pen about three and a half, four hours away. And everyone else come out and get on one bull, but I'd get on at least five a day, you know. And so that'd be 10 a weekend that I'd get, that I'd have got on. So that's 10 closer okay. to that 100, you know. Right. So. It was exactly a year till I went ready in California, and a year and two months till I, I went Great Falls, Montana on my vacation, went home, quit my job, and then I, and then I started making a living at it. You know, so. I got gotcha. you. And yeah. I, I come along pretty quick, but I wasn't I wasn't more natural by no means. I just put a lot. I wanted it real bad, and I put a lot of effort into it. Worked worked hard at it. Yes. Right. So when you talk about when we talk about working hard at at that, um, you're talking about in the practice pen, getting on bulls. And, and, and understanding when you got bucked off why and trying to correct that. You know, I, you know, I, I think the, the best thing about me is I was always a pretty good mimic, you know, so I, I would watch the really good riders. And then, you know, and, and, and all the positive thinking books would tell you the same thing is, you know, if you want to be the best, find the best and copy them, you know. Right. But, you know, what even works better than, than that is pretend 
you're them. Pretend, that's right. Pretend, Pretend you're, you're them, them when you're writing. That's good. Because like you're, that. You're, you're, that puts you on the subconscious side of your mind. Well, there, it's where and, we need to be. And the subconscious side of the mind, you know, for everything you see consciously, the subconscious sees a hundred more. It sees every move. It sees the timing. Yes. Uh, I mean, it picks out every detail. Yes. And it'll feed it to you at the speed of light. Yes. yes. And it's processing one billion pieces of information per yes. second. That's right. You know, so absolutely. So I, I think just because I. I, I watched guys, and I'd come home, and I'd get on my stationary barrel, and and then I would just practice being a good hand that I seen, you know. And, right. And 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 I think that's one of the reasons that that I was able to kind of get off that conscious mind and kind of just nod my head and and start picking bull riding up. Right. Because it's it's an unconscious event. Absolutely. And and that and that's what yeah, because most bull riders. Uh, get in the way of themselves. Oh God, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. So, and including me. I mean, yeah. I, I, I look back at my career and I'm like, man, if I could just do it over again, yeah. uh, I'd kick your ass. You yeah. Know? And, oh and, yeah. You know? and, 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 and and probably still your two girlfriends. Yeah. And shit, you know. <laughs> but but anyway. So so with that said though, Gary, like you you was the world champion bull rider. Tell me about that that year. Well, you know, it all started, you know, you know, I made, I made my first finals in 1966, my third year out. And, you know, and, and Jim Shoulders pulled my rope every night, you know, and I, and, I, and I was placing, you know, but I rode a really, really loose rope. I tell you what, it was almost like not having a rope, you know. Okay. I just, you know, Harry Tompkins was my hero, and, and he rode that real loose rope, and I thought, God, I, if he can do it, I can do it, you know. And so I made the finals, you know, with that loose rope in 10th place. But... And, and, and placed in three rounds before the eliminator round. And then the eliminator round, they had a big belly roll in both in the Northwest. Uh, I think 17 was his number. But that rope come across his back, you know. And then for some reason, I'd hang up more to a loose rope than it would a tight rope. Tight rope blow it out of there. That loose rope hand wouldn't come out. Right. And I hung up just long enough to break my, you know, break my ankle. <clears throat> and I had a bull I had one Tucson on for my next one. I damn near put a cast on that. Uh -huh. Put a spur on that cast and got on him, but right. the doctor talked me out of it. But then I went home, and and on my my girlfriend was pregnant and with my first son, and so we got married, and 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 then I started worrying about responsibility. You know, am I going to be able to make a living at this? Am I going to be able to you know to support a family and ride bulls and, and still live in my dream? You know, and you know I learned later when I read my first positive thinking book that whatever you worry about. Is actually a, you, you're actually programming to happen. It's, you know? That's so, right. It's going to manifest. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, yes. So, you know, you know, and I and I sawed the cast off at four weeks. And you're supposed to keep it on six weeks. Well, it felt good in that cast, but it didn't feel so good when we got out of there. Especially when I tried to ride bulls in. I was trying to squeeze and I couldn't. And so I went to Denver and fell off a couple of bulls. And then I really started worrying. You know. And the more I worried, the harder I tried, and the harder you try, the less you get done, you know, because you're, on the, you win. you're on the conscious side of the mind. Absolutely, you know? yeah. So I went six months and didn't stay on a goddamn bull. <laughs> it, was, it was the most disheartening time of my life, you know, and, and most embarrassing time of my life because I'd fall off a bull I could normally eat a sandwich on and talk to you on, you know. Right. And, and a guy named Bill Earl, you know, during that six months deal showed up. Bill was a, was a kind of a gigolo, and... Uh, Never winning. I never had seen him win anything. He just kind of hustled his way down the road. <clears throat> but he was in a pawn shop in Dallas, Texas, pawning an old ring that a sugar mama gave him because he was good at true loving these old gals and fleecing them for money. You know? <laughs> and, uh, 
So this self-made millionaire was in there, and he said, you having a little run of bad luck, kid? And he said, yes, sir. He said, well, I'll tell you what. He said, I'm an I'm a amateur hypnotist. I'd like to take you home and, and hypnotize you for 30 days straight. Then I'll pay for your way down the road. Okay. So Bill went for that, naturally. He fell for it. He fell for it. Yeah, he was looking for anything. The guy hypnotized him, and I, I was at... I was in Indio, California. I went down to Brawley, California, and, and got on bulls for Andy Riggy tryout bulls. Rode about 10 bulls, rode every one of them. Some of them spin, some of them didn't, but made some really good bull rides. Come back, nodded my head in the bull riding there, and I, I went, I like to jump to make a jump. <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> you know. So the building was there, it just wasn't there under pressure. Right, you know? right, right. So, and then Bill shows up and wins the bull run and then tells me he's placed at 10 rodeos in a row. And, I mean, he's kicking ass and taking names. <laughs> right. you know? And here yes. I could ride bulls, and this guy never could. And all right. of a sudden, he can, and I can't. What the hell's again. going on yeah, here? Yeah, wait a minute. What the hell is <laughs> yeah, What the right. hell's happening here? Absolutely. So he tells me about this, this hypnotist hypnotizing him. And I said, good God, you know. Uh, if that's working for you, it's got to work for me. Yes. You know? So I was just picking his brain all night. We went out drinking, and then... Uh, when we went, uh, I stayed with him at this Holiday Inn he had, and uh, Psycho Cybernetics, this positive thinking book was on there. Psycho Cybernetics, the Maltz, or Maltz. Maxwell Maltz, yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, I said, what's this book about? And he said, well, that, that, that's one that inspired the millionaire, and he wants me to read it. I said, well, tell me about it. He said, I don't read it. He said, if I get in a slump, I'll go back, he'll hypnotize me, you know. <laughs> I said, well, give me the book. You know? So he gave me the book, and while he slept that night, is I started reading it, you know, okay. and every page I read, I just sit up in bed and laughed, you know, because it it, it was literally the light at the end of the tunnel. But it was it, hitting home. It, it showed everything that was happening to me and why, yes. and because it was all self-imposed. Yes. And it also said if you reverse the worry process and start worrying about how good it is to win, yeah. how good it's going to feel right. to be in the middle of that bull yeah. when he's... Spinning his getting. ass off, and how good it's going to feel to jump off and raise your hands, go pick up a big check, drive off in your new car, and uh, the, then you then you turn it into positive work, you know. So, so I spent the next couple of months reprogramming myself, set a goal to win the world's championship because that book convinced me I had the same mind, the same body as the next guy. If somebody else could win it, I could too. Right. So, a guy named George Paul come along by then. You know, really the rankest bull rider I've ever seen. I mean, this guy. I've seen them all come and go, but I've never seen any better. Gary, before. and I've heard that in the past, and I've heard you talk about yeah. him too, but uh, that he he was something special. Oh, him? God. Talk about an athlete, you know. You know, they used to, he was 16 years old, and they used to bring guys that fought bare-knuckle professionally, you know, and, and, and a lot of people bet a lot of money on them. They would bring them to, to Via Cunha there, and, and they'd go out behind Londo's and, and, and match against this 16-year-old kid. You know, and he knocked every one of them out. <laughs> Sean Davis, awesome. was, Sean Davis was three-time boxing champion. You know, in college, and he sparred with him. And he said, when he hit you in the arm, you couldn't pick your arm up. You know, he said he hit like Rocky Marciano. He said when he hit you, you knew you'd been he'd hit. Been you know? He said yeah. he, he thought he could have been a heavyweight champion. He wasn't even heavyweight. He said wow. this guy was and quick as a cat. You know, okay. quick as a cat. Yes. Just, and and he and he had all kinds of streak. He had like 19-inch arms, a little waist. Just a he'd he'd walk into a room, stand on his head, and do 100 push-ups standing on his head. You know, get you some of that, huh? Yeah, just super athlete. Right. But he didn't ride on strength. He just rode on agility, quick as a cat. And so 
me and my one of my traveling partners, John Quintana, we decided that we were going to role model this guy. You know, this was the guy that we wanted to be. So that first year that I started, you know, when I when I got on my barrel, when I got on a practice bull, or when I got on a competition bull, I wouldn't care if you was George Paul. And and anywhere I went that George Paul was at, I'd, I'd bribe the the, the the shoot boss to let me ride after George, because when I watched him ride, you wouldn't go buck me off, you know, because right. I just seen perfection, you know. Right. And he made rank bulls look easy. You know? And uh, so when I started role modeling him, that first year I went to runner-up for the world's championship behind him. I went second at the finals behind him. Okay. Then the third year, uh, or the second year, I come back. And, and and the only mistake I made going into the finals, the year before I'd, I'd practice on jumping kickers, just some big old fat Hereford bulls. Well, I thought if I got some rank bulls, that would make me better. Right. Boy, was that a mistake. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. I got to where I did have to beat myself to go down and get on these yeah. rank some bitches, you know? Yeah, you can and throw And I ride one, throw down. off another one. So my confidence was at an all-time yeah. low instead of an all-time right. high when I got yes. the final. And they bucked me off two or three bulls in a row. And and then I uh, I finally just went out and I told the gate man, when I, when, when I take my wrap, open the gate, you know, I got to jar myself loose. And I, I didn't even take a wrap that next night. I just come across and I seen that gate out of the gate coming open out of the corner of my eye. I just had a butterfly. I just grabbed it. Go for it. Went for it and won the yeah, round. Just go for it. Yeah. And then, then I, then I just we did it every night. And I, but I hadn't made him let me take a rap. But I started winning again. You know, right. I loosened me up, started riding. Then I went droopy. He was the bull of the year in the tenth round. Made the high mark right in the finals. Go. Right. So that got my fuel going. And then going into to to nineteen seventy, you know, I come into finals, and, and really in a seesaw battle with with Bobby Berger. Uh, all fall, you know, I went the lead during Oklahoma City. Uh, my rope broke on my first one at Little Rock, Arkansas, cost me the go around. He won the go around, win the average. I went. I think I might have won the second go around, might have won no average, you know. So he went back the lead. Okay. I went the first round to Cal Palace, went back the lead. He went second round, went back the lead. The dog fight. Yeah, the dog fight. The dog yeah. fight. And then I, I won the short round and the average. I think he might have bucked off. So, so that gave me a, a lead going into the finals, but. You know, he was a two-time NFR champion, so nobody to, to you know. But there's a saying in sports, when you're ahead, when you're behind, never quit looking forward. When you're ahead, never look back, you know. Right. So so I wasn't going to look who was behind me. I was just going to look at one goal of winning the NFR. If I win the NFR, I beat Bobby Berger and I win the World's Championship. Okay. And, and that's what I did. I went down there and rode 9 out of 10, win the NFR, win, win the World. Win you know? two buckles. Prestigious buckles. Yes, very prestigious very, buckles. Very yeah. prestigious buckles, yes. That's something that um, when I see uh, out here at the ranch, the, some of the boys will come out and train, and some of the PRCA guys will show up, and they'll have that go buckle on. Yeah. That's just that's just badass. Oh yeah. I mean, just they don't hand them motherfuckers out, no. you know. They just don't. You know, you earn that. Yeah, you, you know. Gotta, you got to. So. You got to ride your way there. Yes, absolutely. So you retire from riding bulls, and start Gary Lafue bull riding schools. Tell me about that what's what was your goal when you started the schools you obviously um there's there's like when we're riding bulls we're riding for money make a living bull riding's done still want to make a living still want to be active in the sport um you took what you learned from yourself and the other guys them other the other studs and put it in a package and, and started doing bull riding schools Tell me about that. Well, you know, you know. Ironically, when I first started, I was horrible. You know, because right. because 
you know, I didn't have no videotape and, and I wasn't able to, to really break it down like I do now, you know. But Yes. Um, and uh, so guy would come out, and we, you know, and, he, and he'd hit the ground and he'd say, what did I do, you know? And I said, well, I don't think you're lifting hard enough. Maybe right. lift a little harder yeah. than he Harder he lift, bigger hump, he'd get <laughs> back flatter on his ass and being farther off his rope he'd right. be, you know. Yes. God, I was just pulling my hair out, you know. Well, luckily, my daughter's taking jumping horse lessons at the time. So I go down and, you know, bull riding's been around a couple hundred years. That art form's been around several thousand years. Right. You know, so. Yes, sir. So anyway, so I go down there, and, and they started out with no hands, just making her post, lightly touch on her butt, you know, just that getting rhythm with the horse and, you know, what posting is. And 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 then every time she'd plop on her butt, her butt would slide, and she'd, get, she'd have double grab. You right. Know? And I started watching this, and I said, you know, this makes a lot of sense. Yes. And then they started taking over jumps, so. I enrolled in the class, you know, okay. started taking, bought me a horse, started taking jumping horse lessons. And so. you're retired from riding bulls. Yeah, so. yeah. Okay. So, so I started learning everything I could about jumping horse riding. And then I started applying that to my bull my bull riding classes. And then right. I went out and spent $20,000, which would be the equivalent of probably 100000 today, but in the 70s, uh, on video equipment, which was the old three-quarter inch stuff that they had in, in studios. Uh, where I could slow bull riding down and, and break it down and really see what the great bull riders were doing, you know. Okay, right. And then once we started breaking that down, we started putting a formula together that, that we could put drills, you know, because I used to wrestle, you know, and, and everything in wrestling is drills. You know, you do the drills over and over and over again. When you go in there and wrestle, there's no time to think. It's yes. going too quick. Yeah. I mean, it, you go from one move to another to another, and if you have to stop and think about it, your ass is whipped. Right, there, right. Yeah, absolutely. Know? Yes. And so I tried to put the same thing to bull riding is put these drills together that once you got on your bull just if you didn't have it together by then there's no you know you're wasting time thinking right you know because you just want to clear your head and react to what you've trained yourself if it ain't and if it don't work then keep training you know right so as you're doing as you learn the techniques of the jumping horses um as like out here at coach practice i'll and if what what if like when you started you had the technology today that we have today back then? Oh God! How many more effective bull riders? You know? Oh good God! Yeah, well, I'd have been able to break it down so much quicker yes. and, and really refine it. You know, because it's you know there's it's it's been a work in progress. You know, I still learn something every day. You know, as as, as, as a teacher, you're never so good that you can't learn something. Right. You know, I remember I had a big old kid come over from Australia. Wait. 225 and he was 6'4 and he had just won the, the championship over there. And I said, God damn, you got a lot of weight up there, you know, to be riding, you know, to win a championship. And he said, you know, he'd had a lot of hell learning and and because he had so damn much weight, they were just slamming him. And, and this Australian champion got him tuck him under his wing and he said, you know, below your belt buckle and your rib cage is the most important part of your anatomy in bull riding. He said, anytime you get a little <laughs> bit of dishing that you're flat on your ass. Yes, you know? yes. You know, I remember when I first come to Texas, they told me if, you was, if your back didn't hurt from marching, you wasn't doing it right. You right, know? right. So keep that back, yeah. arch, pour it in back. <laughs> yes. You know? So, you know, so so this guy, he had he had him walk around all day just keeping his back arch and his stomach out. And then he said, when you leave there on that bull, when he jumps, put your belly button in front of your hand. You know, just lower your belly and move it forward and get it in front of your hand and okay. then set up meet the kick. And that's all the information he gave him, you right. know. And, and you go to looking at it, when a guy's belly button's behind that hand, he's on his ass. Right. And yes, when that sir. belly button's in front of that hand, he's off his ass, right. you know. 
and so and when you're sitting on your ass you're sitting on some power back there oh god shit shit can happen that's yeah. how that bull gets you off his back is is that kick hell yeah when they jump and you're on your ass they slide you back and then they that got kick, you. yeah that kick and that yank on that arm my man that just throws you out of position you know donny gale said riding bulls will keep moving that ass but moving that ass around getting it back to the center right you know? keep putting it back against that rope you know I like that, what you're talking about, that lower level, because yeah. I, I think that does make a difference. Of, of, of me and you sitting here yeah. in these chairs, we're just we're sitting flat yeah. on our ass. Yeah. That bull is slam dunk our ass, you yeah. know. We'll, we roll up just a little bit, we got him, you know, oh, yeah. or got a shot at him yeah. anyway, you know. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, everything they're doing is when they're spinning, they're jumping and kicking, you know. Yes. So, yeah, that's why Denny, Denny Flynn and all them guys say, perfect the jump and kick and the spin will take care of itself Gary, that's yeah. the first time i ever heard that in my yeah. life even I, and i've been riding bulls since i was 13 yeah. but the first time i ever heard that was from you yeah. and just over listening over yeah. listening you know yeah. but a bull that's and i use it today in my coach practice yeah. stuff is that a bull that's because i i'm i'm about jump kick bulls yeah uh, we train on jump kick yeah. and then once you get to that we'll circle and then we'll start spinning yeah. but it's about that basic jump kick yeah. because it's a, it's pretty much the same stuff. There's a little bit of different angle when they spin, but it's still the basics are, are move to the front, catch the kick. Yeah. Well, with that said though, I uh, I teach those or not teach. I coach these guys. I'll see them and they'll 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 reach to the front, but they'll leave their butt setting down. Oh yeah. Well, then here comes that kick and that power just shoots them shoots them out of balance out of timing yeah. you know they may still be on the bull but they're out of timing out of balance and it's two jumps later yeah, no ass on the side yeah you know, just yeah. every yeah. time you get back that old that kick will lift your ass up and move it someplace that usually ain't gonna like you know right right so so okay so we're doing the bull riding schools you went to the jumping horse school and that started making a lot of sense and and thank god you did because for for me uh, being able to help bull riders, uh, it, it, it's, it, it's right. It's dead on. Um, I think you could do a bull riding school uh, with a jumping horse. Damn sure could. You know, don't you? I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had a, I had a kid that come to the gal that I sent Judd to, to ride bulls, uh, ride jumping horse six months before he ever got on a bull. You know, I said, you go out there and learn that art for him and then come back. And Jesus Christ, he just he found bulls easy after that. Right. And the same gal that taught him was in Washington last year. We had a school, and she come down and put on a little free seminar for us. You know, just pick up some of them kids there. Well, one of the kids in the mini bull riding, you know, couldn't ride the, you know, stick horse to water. I had him go out and train with her. He qualified for the PBR, you know, mini bull finals and okay. want to go around there. You okay. Know? So, okay. you know, he, he could really come a long way in a short right. period of time just by riding them jumping horses. And, and, and let me ask you this so because and and again um i i'll never be able to warm your slow side up yeah. and i don't know anybody else in the world that could either but with that said i um i have to listen to what you say and and i and i not only just trust what you say i believe in what you say um but what would be your advice to a young guy that um come off a motorcycle, riding four-wheelers, playing video games, and says, hey, I want to be a bull rider. What what would be your advice for him to not only attend a Lafue bull riding school, but how to prepare when he's not at the school, how to prepare before he gets to the school, and then after the school? Well, you know, that's, you know, that's why I send a lot of people to your place here is because you have the right type of bulls. After you leave the school, 
then you got to go you got to go refine your art form you know you, I can tell you all day long how to do it but you're going to learn by getting on the timing there's only one way to find timing and animal let's get on to some buck you know? right you know, I love you, that I yeah, love because, that damn you know, right you, you know you have simulators and everything else but they don't have the same timing as the bull the, the simulator we got here is good I love you, that but, <laughs> you you got to pick up the rhythm and the flow of that bull. Yes. And, and every every bull is different, you know. They yes. Got, they'll throw a little belly roll at you, hop skip, and you got to adjust every so, bit. So so with that said, because that bull that bull bucks by feel. Yeah. I mean that a fly can land on that bull's hump or on his back, and he can twitch yeah. the exact same fucking spot that flies at to yeah. get him off. That bull bucks by feel. Oh yeah. You got to ride him by feel. You got. You're not ride. a robot, right? Yeah. I mean, you're not. You just because you drive to the front, yeah. catch the kick. It, you got to feel how much to, to to do, right? You 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 got to take on the woman's side of the dance. Okay. You got. He's the leader. You're the <laughs> follower. Right. You know? I got you right on. You know, I had a guy come. I had them thirty days at schools for a while. And the first two guys that come, the one he went to Cheyenne. He went to went to Cheyenne PBR. He went Calgary two years in a row. I mean, the other kid went back to Canada and went to Canadian Amateur. You know, so we had pretty good luck with the first couple. So we had a few more of them schools. You know, but I had this one guy come. He'd never rode bulls before, but and he was a college professor, real cerebral, you know, so it was hard to get him off that, that conscious side of the mind because he was a thinker, you know, instead of a, an, an imagination guy, you know. So all the way through the school, he never rode a bull because he looked like a robot on him. He was just making, he made all the right moves, but there was no timing to it, you know. So at the end of the school, I'm frustrated as hell because I, I, I know I can keep this image on something, you know. So I said, do you know how to dance? And he said, no. I said, good, I want you to take dance lessons. I don't want you to learn how to lead. I want you to learn how to follow. Because when you're riding the bull, he's the leader, you're the follower. Right. You know, and you're, right now you're trying to lead. Yes. You know, so, and, and so I had him take 30 days of dance lessons. And then once he, he got following down, then I had her blindfold him and make him do it totally by feel. He come back down, got on three bulls, rode them perfectly, and that's up about 60% of the bulls he's getting on, he's staying on. I love so, the dance. I love the, yeah. yeah. I, I know, because I, I, I attended pretty much every rodeo dance after the rodeo yeah, yeah. there was. And then, you know, but uh, I'd go out there and I'd dance with this girl and she'd be like, you're a real cowboy, ain't you? Yeah. And I'd say, how'd you know? Because you can't dance. <laughs> you know? I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> you know? So, but the real dancer, he has that rhythm and yeah. that timing. And, and I'm like, all right, bring that guy and let's put him on some yeah. bulls. He might be a, be a bull, yeah. bull rider, you know? So okay, so I love that, and I love that that theory because guys are. What I see at my coach practice is that they stay on that conscious side, and and bull riding's not that strength sport. It don't matter how big you are, how small you are. It's not a strength sport. There's that spot on that bull, and it's and, it, and it's not a very big spot. And I, I was telling the boy the other day, I said, you know, gravity loves free arms, and these guys they want to because back in our day or my day even. The, the prettiest picture you could take was on the kick. Yeah. You know? And shit, the higher you could get that arm out there and that chest up there out there at them, the prettier your picture was, you know? And, uh, but in today's world, as fast as bulls are now, you can't do that. You can't be big-armed out there. You got to be a little bit smaller about things, right? Oh, yeah, you got to be compact. Straight forward, straight back. Stay in your zone, you know? Stay in the zone. Stay in the Stay zone. Stay in the zone. Stay in the zone. So, so like... All right, so moving, moving, moving forward with this is I, when I was in California, fuck, I don't even remember what year it was, but you come, you pull in, it's late at night, and 
I'm there at the ranch at your house, and you pull in a truck and a trailer, cargo trailer, open the back door, out the back you pull a stuffed fucking bull out of there, a stuffed bucking bull, like he's bucking. Yeah. You're right? So I'm like, holy fuck, you know? So take that. We're in California. Years later, I come back to Oklahoma. I'm home, and uh, I told my dad, I said, I want to build a stuffed fucking bull. He said, what? So I won't build a fucking stuffed fucking bull, a bucking bull. So I hunted the fucking country for a just the gnarliest looking fucking yeah. bull, you know, that was, you know, fixing to die. Yeah. And uh, so we bought him. And my dad, he used to work, uh, he was a state trooper, and he used to work a truck wrecks by this taxidermy shop all the fucking time. Truck turnover by this taxidermy shop all the time. So he got to be good friends with his taxidermist. So anyway, taxidermist helped us build my first stuffed bull and I took it to fairs and rodeos and shit and took pictures you know on it or people take pictures and I but but I was I was still trying to ride bulls too and I, I felt like you know this is taken away from you know the weekends I'm at I'm here I need to be riding bulls so I sold it well then a couple of years later I come up with this idea I'm like when I'm doing bull riding so I'm retired from riding bulls now I'm doing monster bulls I'm doing the fucking WWE shit I mean it's <laughs> it's fucking crazy my hair's long, I'm beaded, beaded up, I got a long fur coat on, you know. I built me a bull that I could ride out of the ceiling, the stuffed bull that I could ride out of the ceiling. They lower me down to all this fucking crazy music and shit going on, and people are like, holy hell, and that's where the bull god shit comes oh. from, you know. They see that stuff. But that the first, I, I got that from you, well, you know. I'll be darned, yeah. So, yeah, so. You know, I took that bull to Denver in 1989, and it was the first first day of the first Gulf War, you know, um, where the first George Bush was president. Yes. Every picture on the, on, the, on the Denver Post was a war picture except one. They had a colored picture of two little kids on my stuffed bull on the front page. And we took $35,000 worth of pictures at $10 a picture, yes, mind sir. you. Yeah, I know, you know right? <laughs> you know, in 10 right. days. I mean, huh? you talk about busy. You know, we were busy. You know, we were throwing some butts on and off of there now. Yes. And, uh, yes. But that thing made me, I made a lot of money with that damn thing, you know. You made a lot of money yeah. with bucking machine that you oh, had. Oh, man, that, that, right? that I bought that old, that, that gold nugget bucking machine from Sam Reeves. When when I, I had a guy come up to school in the, in, in, the, in he needed to learn how to ride an El Toro machine, which I had. And I found out real quick it was horrible for teaching bull riding. But if you just jumped and kicked it, it was okay, but not to spin. Right, you Just okay. told him to post on it. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, but we never spin it anymore. But this guy needed to learn how to ride it spinning because he had a part in his movie. And I said, well, what's the movie about? And he said, well, John Travolta's in it, and it's about a bucking machine. And I said, oh, good God. John Travolta just changed the whole world when he did Saturday Night Live and every, every goddamn bar become a disco, you know, right. and he had to put up with that horrible shit, you know. Right. So, yeah. So, so then I said, now, I mean, the, the Western world's going to go ballistic with John because he was the hottest thing in the movie business at that time. Right. So I bought up every old used bucket machine I could find. You can buy them for $500. And yeah. then I, when that Sam Reeves machine come up, I think I might have paid 12000 for it. But wow. it was on a trailer, and it, it had a horse on one end and a bull on the other. And... and uh, my wife damn near divorced me over it, you know, but but we went we took it to the state fair for thirty days and they paid the electricity cost thousand dollar rent. And it run on two twenty. I'm sure I used up more electricity than my rent. Right. But, yes. 
but I, but I was making between fifteen hundred and two thousand a day for thirty days straight in cash. I never seen much cash in all my life. Right. Yeah. You know, and it was just ching ching. You know, right. and for two years I made tons of money on that thing, and then in two years they they paid out a hundred and fifty million dollars in lawsuits. You know. On them things, and that's when, that? that's when the insurance went to right. about thirty thousand. Things a year got and stupid, yeah. And so I quit packing it around, but right. you know, yeah. I love it was sure good for a couple of years. Oh, I know, and I love the story that Brett tells me um, about when when you'd run the bucket machine, and then like you know the business would slow down. You know, the crowd wasn't coming in. You'd put Judd up there, oh, you know, and then here they come. You yeah, know? he's about four years <laughs> old. He'd ride that thing full blast and eat a, eat a hot dog at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. he distracted the crowd. Hell yeah, awesome! And then, then somebody come over and that missed him, you know, and and and, and some guy come over and said, "Hey, little kid, come here." He said, "My buddy didn't get to see you ride." He said, do it again. "Can you do it again?" And he, he Judd go, "You know, hey, he is." He go, "You got any money?" And the guy pull out his wallet, you know, and and, and go reaching for a one. Judd would reach by the one and grab a twenty, and he go, "That's money." Stick it in his pocket, off he go. You know? At the end of the day, he'd have four or five hundred dollars in his pocket, you know. Hell yeah, just people. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So, so moving on, I see um, a lot of people come out to here as uh, Lane Frost. The Lane Frost brand starting to pick up and take off. Um, When I was a kid here in Oklahoma, I was growing up, and I thought I was the fucking stud. Yeah. Okay. And, And and. but everywhere I'd go, I'd hear Lane Frost. I'd, you know, people would be like, Lane Frost? I'm like, who the fuck is Lane Frost, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I, uh, I'll never forget one of my very first high school rodeos I went to, and Lane had just graduated, and, and I was a freshman. I went to my high school, I rode this bull, and everybody, but everybody's still talking about Lane Frost at this high But there's a black boy named Irvin Williams rode, yeah. and, I, and he like two-footed the hell out of this fucking spinning bastard. I'm like, fuck Lane Frost, what about this guy, you yeah. know? But I always, I always, everywhere I went, I always heard about Lane Frost. And so I was in, here in Locust Grove, out of school, after school one day. I was, went to a convenience store to get a soda pop. And there hanging was a piece of paper, pretty simple shit, of a picture of Lane Frost riding a bull advertising his very first bull riding school, him and Freckles Brown. And it was like 150 bucks for three days. And I'm like, I'm already the high school state champion bull rider, been to the high school finals twice. I mean, I'm, I'm the stud. But I went, I, I paid my tuition, I went. It was the best investment I ever made. I walked in, I'll never forget him walking, he was late getting to the school, but I'll never forget him walking up and he said, hi, I'm Lane Frost. I'll never forget that, that, that moment in life. But um, after the end of the three days, he put his arm around me, he said, Dave, he said, What's your goals? And I told him, and uh, he said, you know what? When you feel your permit, call me. Well, fuck, I feel, I, you know, I graduated school, bought my permit, filled it, called him. And I didn't, I just called him because I was entering Denver. Well, Denver has like, you know, 100 fucking performances. And contractors put their better bulls out on certain nights. So I wanted to know what, what night to enter. Well, I called him. Well, he says, Dave, he said, let me call you back. It's right after the finals. And he'd won, he'd, well, he, he's, he had won the world. That was in '87. I was, was just, so my rook, my rookie year was in '88, and uh, I called him and I and and he said I'll call you back. I'm putting carpet down for my mom and dad there in their house. He calls me back and he says, you know, I've talked to Tough, and uh, 
fucking uh, Lambert, he's going to fucking enter with, with uh, Jim. Jim's getting out, and it's going to be Cody and Jim and, and some guy named Ty Murray. And so it, it opened it up for me. He said, I've talked to Tough. We're going to enter you. And, and we hang up the phone, and I'm like, fuck, you know? And uh, it, was, it was crazy. And, uh, but that was 1988, my rookie year. We, uh, probably the best thing I'd ever done was putting the right people around me, if, if, you know, with, with that. Uh, from my family to my rodeo family, I have been blessed with the right people around me. And Lane was one of them. I, I, wouldn't have, I won the Rookie of the Year, bull riding in 1988, beat Ty Murray, and uh, out of that. It's the only buckle he don't have, and he don't give two shits about it, but anyway, I do. But uh, he, um, but th- having that positive person around me, we talk about psycho-cybernetics and, and uh, Zig Ziglar stuff, you know, see at the top, just that, that positive stuff. But Lane was, Lane was positive. He just, he just had that aura and that energy yeah, to him. Yeah, he did, didn't you he? You know, yeah. yeah he was. It, was. it was awesome stuff, you know. And then, and then I'd be in the van with him and, and Tough and, 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 tough he'd be telling me i'm a pussy and i worst driver in the prca and you know if i get bucked off again i gotta go home and shit like that and then lane you know lane would come up to me say he don't mean that you know stuff like that always taking up for tough you know what yeah. tough said but anyway it was all good i loved it i loved the moment in life but putting that right people around me at that time in my life was so important and i and i talk to the kids that come around me now in the coach practices i do of putting Make sure you've got the right traveling partner. Because I've gotten a rig with later on in later in life. I've gotten in the truck, van, whatever, with other guys. And by the time I got to the rodeo, I wanted to fucking punch somebody in the face, you know. Yeah. I mean, I was just like negative, Nancy, you know. And But I wasn't like that with Lane and Tough. It's like you're trying to keep up with them, yeah. you know. There's not a bull in the world that they can't ride. and they, they But they're just that energy, you know. And so who is your... Uh, Famous or not famous, but most um, favorite traveling partner that you felt elevated you to the your, top of your game. Who would that have been? You know, you know, I, th- I think you know probably when you know during those championship years. You know, me and John Quintana were best friends, and he was become one of the great bull riders of all time. But it was it was really funny that they were we were the positive thinkers in the back of the plane. And then Bill Cornell and, and, and Bill Stanton were in the front, and they were like, you know, they were like, or Lee Markold, you know, they were, they were real, they were always like cussing shit, you know, and cussing this guy, and like right. real negative. So every day it was like the positive thinkers against the negative thinkers, right. you know. And, and every day we'd beat them, you know. We'd just like, when it, when it ended up at the end of the week, you know, we'd win more than them. You right, know? right. And, you know, because we were just, and, you know, it was just, you know, it was, he was, you know, Quintana, we were just, I went down to see him in Australia before he got killed, and and it was like, if we ain't seen each other in 10 years, it was like yesterday. Okay. You know, that friendship was always there, you know, we were just, a, we were kindred spirits or something, you know. But those are, just, those are, those are friendships that are, for a bull rider, that meant something for oh, you. Oh, yeah, yeah, they last forever, you know, yeah. and, and uh, you know, uh, and then, of course, you know, Dickie Cox and, and Cornell, they picked me up when my car blew up, you know, and Cornell, he was kind of a negative some buck, but he was, but he was, he was just cocky, you know, right. he wasn't as negative as he was cocky, right. you know, he just like, he just like, 
Somebody would say, boy, that tornado's ranked some buck. You'd be walking by and he'd say, you wait till I draw him, I'll right. spur him in the neck. Yes. You, know? Right. you know, everybody hated him because right. he's so cocky. Right. But he'd back it up. You know, somebody could Lane and Tuff were the same. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they wasn't the same people at yeah. all. I yeah. mean, night and day fucking yeah. difference, you know. Yeah. But they fed off each other, yeah. you know. They fed off each other. Yeah. And we, had, we used to have a standing rule in the plane we traveled in. Whoever won the most money that day bought steak and lobster for everybody in the plane, you know. So I'd get on a run sometime. I'd buy steak and lobster for everybody in there for a week, you know. <laughs> you know? Finally felt good to win second, you know, and awesome. get a free steak and lobster, you know. Awesome. But, but you know when you were paying for that steak and lobster, you were hot, you know. And so, That's right. The, and, 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 yeah. and the hot man. Yeah. The hot and then Donnie man. Gay yeah. come along, Donnie you know, Gay. and, and, yeah. went, uh, and he's, he wanted to travel with me when I was the hottest thing on the circuit. And yeah. He wanted to be baby hots, and I was big right. hots, you right. know. And so, right. So that was, a, you know, Donnie said that was the funnest summer he ever had, you know. And it is one of the funnest oh, for yeah. me because him and Hawkeye yeah. were both really uplifting and fun-loving and just kids with tons of enthusiasm, yeah. you know, and I'm feeding them positive thinking, and yeah. I remember I sat them down one day, and I said, take me 15 years from now, and tell me what you've accomplished, you know, okay. and think for a bit, you know, and then right. Donnie looked up, and he said, I've, I've won more championships than anybody ever, you know? right. and I said, that's a great goal, but you only go win them one at a time, you know, and I tell Sage Kimsey the same thing every year, is enjoy your 15 minutes of fame, and then don't make the mistake I did, because when I when I win the world after you know being in the top three for three years in a row, right. I nosedived. Yeah. Because I didn't reset a goal. Right. I tried to go in as a champion right. instead of going in as a guy that wanted to win the championship. Right. And that's what that's so do. so important, Gary. What you yeah. just talk about yeah. right there, because there's there's so many people that even not in just bull riding, but in life and at itself, whether it's a relationship or business or riding cowboying. They they once they they get there, that they, they have to reset yeah. that goal. They you, you can't you can't even as small as I my rookie of the year was, they mailed me that twenty X hat that had my name in it said David Barry rookie of the year. The next year, nineteen eighty nine, for for a couple of months or it took me to wild fucking get my head out of fucking clouds, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, you know, and then bulls don't, they don't care. You they know? they, they don't, don't know that shit. They don't know that. Yeah. That's right. So, so you, you, yeah, I, I, it took me a year and a half. I was what Zig Ziglar calls a wondering generality. I was just wandering around fucking just right. hoping shit would happen. It wasn't happening, <laughs> right. you know. And then, then, I, then all of a sudden, in the middle of 1972, one of my students at school said, well, you're teaching us goal setting. What's your goals? You know, right. how come you're not winning like you were? And I said, you know, Damn I, good I, question. I wrote a goal down since 1970, you know, so I wrote a sit down and wrote me a goal down right and you know and, and next thing you know and i'm got me a shirt that says i'm the hottest thing going and, right you know right and it got fun again you know right. all of a sudden i'm having fun and i'm and right. i'm playing this game with guys with this t-shirt you know and they said what do you got you know what's what's with that shirt and i said can't you understand what part don't right. you understand so, i so, am hot you right know? the hot man so tell me this story real quick about um the bull you had drawn never turned back in his life or something like that and you walk out in front of the shoot draw an x in a fucking dirt this somebody's gonna be right here, yeah. and and he did. That was an old wore out old bull called called Roni. That was actually a, a former bull in the finals, but this was ten years after that, you know. Right. And he was wore out, you know. And and he just an old old campaigner. They packed around. Nobody went anything on him. They guaranteed my my streak was over. And I said, boys, hot man draws them. They all buck, you know. <laughs> and I mean, and I, I was walking down the chute. Sandy Kirby goes, and he knew what I had drawn. He goes, what do you got drawn this time, hot man? 
I just went down and marked that X in front of the chute, and I said, right there, Kirby, I'm hot, you know? <laughs> and then when I was getting on that bull that night, I could hear Kirby behind me telling the guy next to him, watch this lucky son of a bitch. I guarantee he's going to buck with him, you know? And that son of a bitch, he jumped four feet in the air and swallowed his ass, and I mean, I had to ride my ass off to get him rode, you know? He got it on. Bro. Oh, yeah. There you go. And then I told Donnie, I said, there's two rodeos back here, but there's five rodeos in California and Arizona. I said, if we go out and win all five of them, we'll win more money than do here. Right. So they come out the next week, and they say, well, how'd you do? And I said, well, I went three of them. Donnie went two of them. You know? Yeah. You know? So we yeah. went out there and went all five there of them. There you go. You know? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. I mean, we were hot. You know, Absolutely. It's, got, it's fun to get hot. So setting goals um, is, 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 is more to just writing it down. You've got to work at it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Every day's an agenda. You get out of bed and you, you know, I never rolled out of bed that I wasn't doing push-ups. I never went to bed without doing push-ups right. set-ups. And, I mean, you got to work at being in shape. you got to work at, you know. And as you're working, you're also, that helps you dream, you know. You I know call you're it, putting in the time to, 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 get to get to your destination. Right. I call it training the brain. Yeah. You know, training the brain to win, you yeah. know. Um, and, and so, because I, I would be like, I would, I like I weighed like 140, 148 maybe is what I think I weighed most of my rodeo career. But I'd be jumping rope, doing push-ups and sit-ups. And uh, if, you, if you got asked, what are you doing that for? I'm just training to win, man. I just, yeah. I was driven, you know. I wanted to push myself and wanted more. And, and Lane told me when we was leaving to go to Denver in, in, 80, uh, yeah, in 88, he said, you know, there's a, there's a lot of guys that, that that outride me or can outride me, but they didn't want it as much as I did this year. And that goes back to goal setting oh. and, and probably with the sages and the Donnie Gays of resetting the goal and wanting it more yeah. and more and more. But well, Donnie lot, just out rodeo you, you know. I mean Donnie he don't he he's in figure if he couldn't sleep on them doggone airport benches and eat a hot dog and get on and ride and win, you know, you didn't deserve a championship. They're just craving it, though, yeah. huh? I mean... Yeah, yeah, but he lost one there, you know, when they... He come in $30,000 in the lead, and then they decided to change it, and they said, well, the the year-end don't count. We're going to see whoever's NFR champions the World Bowl. Okay. Which was total bullshit, you know. Right. Yeah. You know, but it's right. kind of like that away now because you can go in at any hole there now, and and, yeah. and if you have I, held I the finals, you can be the world champion. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Just get that money is so good yeah. there. You know? That PRCA, I'm yeah. I'm I'm out of the rodeo cloth, yeah. and yeah. Um, man, I think they're doing so many good things for cowboys and yeah. bull riders. You know, for me, I'm the I'm a yeah. I'm the bull riding event of it, but. Um, I really believe that you know when a, when a young guy asked me, he said, "Where do I go from here?" Um, and if he's if he's prepared, you know, I'll say buy your permit, you yeah. know, and then you can pick them contractors where you need to go to, yeah. you know, and, and and keep developing and and just go from there with that. So it's a good place to go up and just like Mike Lee going back down, he went back to PRCA, you know, yeah. bulls get a little rank for you know a little long in the tooth, so he still goes back right. down there and he's winning, you know. So it's yeah. a good place to to. To start your career, and it's a good place to end your and career. And even like a Sage Kim, you can you can be a millionaire bull yeah. rider yeah. At, at Pro Rodeo, you know. So, so okay. So we talked about Lane Frost, and I want to hear a little bit of this. Of you is a big part of the Lane Frost uh, Eight Seconds movie. Um, tell me because because one I I was telling you this other night was one, my one of my biggest favorite things of that movie was. When Tuff says, 
look, or Lane says, look, it's Gary Lafue. It's Gary Lafue. And that just stays in my head, you know, and, and you're Gary Lafue. How, how, I ain't going to ask you how it feels to be Gary Lafue, but <laughs> to be a part of such a special movie uh, that's, that's touched so many, 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 many people oh, and man. kids. Um, you, not only did you have a part in the movie, but you had 100% of the part of teaching Luke Perry how to write books. So tell me about that experience, what that was like. Well, the first time I met, you know, Luke, he come up to the ranch, and, and he'd never been on a, he didn't know how to ride a horse, he'd never been on a bull, you know, so I had to teach him without, without he couldn't get on any bulls. They, they, when they hired me, they said, you know, you, you know, we hear you're the world's best instructor, but, you know, and I said, I am, but I'm expensive, you know. Right, so, right. So you yeah. want to let them Hollywood Jews know up Right, exactly. It's going to cost them some money. Yes, you know? sir. But uh, I said, they said, well, we need you to teach this guy to ride bulls, but he can't get on any bulls to learn. Can you do that? And I said, yeah, you bet I can, you know. I said, we teach through drills and visualization, you know. And so, so him being huge, an actor huge, is yeah. natural for visualization because that's what they do in, in acting. They're paid pretenders. That's you know? right, exactly. And, and you're supposed to pretend, you know, and, and what awesome. worked, always worked for me right. was pretending I was George Paul. Yes, know? sir. So, you know, I played 20, 20 minutes of, of Lane's greatest rides for him every night that he watched, absorbed, and then just tried to imagine what it would like to be Lane Frost on a bull. Yeah. We do the horse drills, we do the, do the barrel drills and everything. But more than anything, the visualization, I think, was what really did him more good than any, is visualizing being Lane Frost and trying to imagine what it felt like to be Lane Frost. Okay. And then I told him when he got on that bull, that when that movie was over, he went, we went to Bernie, Texas, he got on his first bull. And I said, you are not Luke Perry, you're Lane Frost. You know, so you nod your head, feeling like Lane Frost, and you become Lane Frost. Right. And I tell you what, he, he went that, okay, man, okay, man, okay, man, just like Lane did. And had a shoot fight in some buck because they have been spraying him in the face to to make him look like a bull that right. Tom Peterman had. That bull was pissed off and had a hell of a day. He wasn't supposed to buck that good. And he, he went about two and turned back into his hand, and he tipped over in there and spurred the shit out of right. him. You know? Right, right. It looked like Lane Frost come out of the grave and rode him, you know. Right. He come to a, a bull riders only a couple months later. He said, you got anything I can get on? They said, well, everything bucks. And he said, well, I'm ready. And he, he rode this red bull, red billy bull, went both ways right in the gate. They said he'd been maybe 82, 83 points that he'd been in the contest. There you, you know? go. So, you know, it just shows the power of visualization, yes. you know, and, 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 you know, which becomes such a big part of my, my, my bull riding when I first read Psycho Cybernetics because, you know, I was broke, my wife was big pregnant, and, you know, and it was at the point where I was going to have to fish or cut bait, you know, and so I, I whatever the book said to do is I did, you yes. know, and so I did, got up every morning and I did visualization, right. and, I, and I did all the exercise to get me down into that unconscious state and then I see I'd spend an hour there riding bulls every day so so as we talk about that because I love that I think you're you're dialed in 100 percent when a when a young man's doing when a bull rider's doing drills on his barrel he's got to be visualizing oh god yeah that, right I mean is that yeah it's like Vincent Barty said practice doesn't make perfect unless you practice perfect right so you got to have a mental picture of what perfect is to me perfect was George Paul you know, so okay. when I was on when I was on my stationary barrel, or when I was on a bull, you know, is I was visualizing George Paul. In fact, I was pretending I was George Paul. So, so what was guiding every move that I was making was was 
the memory of what, what I've seen George Paul do. You know, and right. it's just that instant recall of him writing as I'm writing. Right. You know, and then my subconscious just picked it up, put right. the timing together. Of, right. You know, so. My wife tells me about a time when I, I want to think she'd entered a team roping or something somewhere, and she never wrote before until, but she visualized yeah. them NFR guys backing in that box and spinning that rope and just mimicked them, just did what they did, you know. That's so true. And I, I, so like, like for me, I wanted to, I wanted to be Lane Frost once I met him. I like, I, I, I okay, let me back up. When I, when I, before I met Lane Frost, I wanted to be Lane, I wanted to meet Lane Frost. I didn't know I wanted to be like Lane Frost. But when I met him, I like, this guy's me. This yeah. guy's just like me. And, uh, and I think that's one of the reasons we hit it off. But so as I would visualize riding bulls, I didn't see myself. I would see Lane riding yeah. them bulls, you know. And uh, so it was, it was a good thing. But You know, you talk about Freckles Brown having that school with Freckles. Oh, Freckles yeah. was one of my heroes when I first started out because he won the world at 41. He, he was, I think he was a few days short of his 47th birthday when he won the finals. I come in in third place in 1968. Freckles was second place, and he was 48 years old. You know, so, right. You know, so, yes. Yeah, so, and because yeah. uh, the final fell a little later that year, you know, because I think he was a December baby, and so. Uh, right, they said he was forty six when he went to win the finals, but okay. he's closer to forty seven because right. he's just a few days short of it. Yeah, but every time I'd ask Freckles about a bull that I had drawn, he never told me one thing about how to mechanically ride him. He would think back to a previous ride that you rode similar to that, and he said, "Remember what that felt like when you rode that bull at Salinas or Cheyenne right. or Calgary, wherever." Right. Recall that. it. Yeah, drum it and, up. And I'd say, "Oh yeah, I never felt better on one in my life," and yeah. he'd say. That's what this is going to feel go. like. That's right. what this is going to feel like. Absolutely. This is going to be first place. Absolutely. Let me pull your rope, you know. Yeah, and, absolutely. And by you know, and that's what all the books say to do, you yeah. know. It's conjure yes. up that winning feeling, right. and, it, and it'll carry over again, you know. Right. And, uh, so, so let me ask you to, this. He seemed to have a handle on that, you know. It's amazing to me, because I watch a lot of guys that it, it, it appears that they're just stupid, fucking talented, mm -hmm. you know. And, and, then, and then you get the kid that walks up to you and he's got to work his ass off yeah. to even nod his head, you know? What, what, like, how do you approach guys like that when, when, a, when a, you've got the kid that's just stupid talented? Because cause I wasn't stupid talented, but I didn't have bucking bulls when I was a kid, yeah. Gary, but I rode this horse bareback up and down these hills and valleys and jumped the creeks, jumped along, just playing games. And I, I seen a deal where, where, like, Ty was in, he was training with Mayhan on the summers, and I'm riding my horse bareback in the summertime, and we was on a collision course, you know, to me. But I, uh, I had a feel for them. I had a feel for them bulls, that timing, that rhythm, that bounce. But um, I, had, I had some bad habits, and I didn't understand them at the time. But um, when I see guys come out here to coach practice, and they're just, like, stupid, talented, easy to them. And then I see the kid come up, and he's dragging his gear back up, and he's got to work his ass off for it. But I, the, I'm the guy that believes if you work hard enough and if you want it bad enough, you can achieve it. You, oh, but you'll you, find the talent. You're going to have to put the work in, though. Is that true? Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. You? you know, it's, and many times that them kids that don't have the talent end up beating the guys with the talent because the guys are spoiled with the talent because they don't appreciate it. And they don't work at it. Right. It comes too easy for them, you know. I see uh, it raising bucking bulls here at yeah. the ranch. 
I'll buck a young bull, and he'll jump through his ass, and then I'll see a bull that just jumps and kicks, but he jumps through his ass, jumping and kicking, but he didn't spin. I'll take that bull oh, over the one that yeah. spun, yeah. because that one that spun, he don't have no fucking idea why yeah. he spun, yeah. but that one that jumped and kicked, he's going to learn to spin, and when yeah. he does, pull your hat down. He'll be a badass. He'll be yeah. a badass, yeah. that's right, yeah. So you learn. You get. You learn. You don't... Talent... Talent is... Uh, what's... What? I mean... There's a book out there, Talent is Overrated. I, I believe that. I believe that. I think it's just... I think there's guys that are... It's easier for them, but talent doesn't win. Desire wins. Work wins. Well, if you have seen Sage Kimsey, the first two schools he come to in mind, he'd have been the last guy that you thought was going to be. You wouldn't picked him. Yeah. yeah. He'd have been the last one you picked. Yeah. You know, in fact, you kind of felt sorry for him. Right, you know? yeah. You, yeah. Uh, you know, but by the third school... Hard work and dedication started showing up. And I know before school he was like poison. And you can see that, right? Yeah. I mean you, you see I can see I can see when, when yeah. somebody comes to coach practice and then I do it once a month. Yeah. And I, the, so they got back to that twenty one days or twenty one days in psycho cybernetics, you know, develop that habit, good or bad, but you're gonna develop. I can see the ones that worked at it, yeah. done something about it. I can tell, you know. Um but there's a lot of laziness in, 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 in kids today yeah. that I see. And I'm not picking on nobody. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I mean, I couldn't say no names, but I see a lot of laziness in kids today. Oh, yeah. um, not, not, yes, not wanting to work at it, not wanting to put out that effort, and then just looking for, um, the, the, and, and I hate to say it, but an easy way out, you know? Yeah. Uh, but they still want to wear that cowboy hat. Yeah. And and I'm the guy. I mean, I'm 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 walking around. Look, I mean, everybody says I look like Kid Rock. You know, I, I fucking got long hair. I wear bandana every once in a while. I wear fucking cowboy hat. But I can be, dressing up like a cowboy don't make you a fucking cowboy. No, exactly. It's what's inside of you, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. that's so. So that's where I would be. Is is uh, the, the kids I see today? They're very, very uh, not wanting to um, put out the effort, but they want to look like the cowboy. What well, would they, you... they call that short-term, short-term gain for long-term pain. Right, right, <laughs> exactly. Long-term, long-term, right. uh, you know, right. Whether no short-term pain for long-term gain, or they, they want the short-term gain for long-term pain, you know, because you know that they want to be, be in the spotlight right now. Right. They want to go to the bar, rodeo, go to the bar, pick up chicks. Right. But they don't want to do the work to get good at bull what's, riding. What's you know? Hawkeye Henson? He his saying was, "I'd rather be a has been than a never was." Yeah. You know, yeah. I love that. You oh, know, yeah. I love that. So, um, but yeah, Hawkeye's got a million of them. That's awesome, man. But, so, uh, you know, well, I you know I did, my son Brett he recorded a lecture I did years ago and he called it "Shooting the Bull." You probably remember that. Yes, sir. Statement. And for years I lost that because it was on cassette and old cassettes went bad and right. everybody called me wanting another one and shit I didn't have any because they, they went bad. Well, I run into a guy at the finals last year that, you know, and I don't know how many people become super successful after rodeo because of that tape. Right. You know, and this guy was one of them. He said, you know, I digitized that tape. Yes. And it become my Bible. You right. Know? And I said, you got it digitized? He goes, yeah. So he sent me a copy, and I redid it. And <laughs> there I was, you go. So I got it out there again. You right, know? right. But, uh, and then I, I was telling this, these bronc riders at, uh, at Fort Worth this year that, uh, at that party I have down there in the stockyards, and, and one of them says, that tape is the reason I made the NFR. Yeah. You know, he said, it just changed who yeah, I was. You absolutely. Know? And, 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 and 
a, a friend of mine was in the mining industry, he gave that tape or loaned it to a guy that was a, a salesman. He became the leading salesman of mining equipment in the world. He said he never went into a sales presentation without listening to that tape first, right. you know. Yeah. So, I don't know what it was about that tape. It's the best one I ever did, you know. Yeah. So I re I got it out again. You know, I'll have to give you a copy of it. That worked. Yeah. No, yeah. I I know the, yeah. I know the shooting book. Well, you remember the old shooting the bull? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, Brett, absolutely. Brett was one that made it. Absolutely. You know? yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. No, I that's and you know, and that's again. I you know, I I go back to I'm out of the Lafue tree and um, and proud of it. I I. I I promise you, I pass along, yeah. and I'm not a teacher. You're the teacher. I'm just a coach. Yeah. And, um, but you know what? I, well, you I, apprenticed with a good one with Brett. Now, Brett was probably the most master of detail yes, of anyone I've ever I been know, around right, in my life. Right, he'd, yeah. he'd, spend, he'd spend the midnight out there with you. You know, when everyone know, else went home, he'd right. be out there with kids still but, teaching. I, I, that's right. He would, yeah. That's exactly right. Everything I do with the bull riders today from the the type of stock i put them on to the coaching that i do all started from the lafue ranch oh, yeah. when i was out there i seen the type of bulls y'all trained on and i seen obviously doing all the schools i've done over the years and i took that and packaged it up and put my fucking name on it but if it's close to it it's great claiming <laughs> claim, yeah. that's, that's the old saying awesome but but everything I do, I got, I picked up from you and and Brett, and yeah. uh, just you know, you uh, was dialed in, and and you're continuing a little learning. You're you know, you're not every we. I watch guys ride, and they teach me. They they kind of help me be a better coach a lot of times, just watching them ride, yeah. and breaking it down. You know, breaking that that video down, and and seeing that and studying that. So yeah, I still love influencing guys' lives and. And both, both both mentally and physically, you know, and we get into the, you know, if you're going to be a bull riding coach, you got to be a psychiatrist too. You know? Absolutely. Not yes. that you got to find out why they're in it and what their goals are, right. and why, you know, right. you know, you just here to get laid, or you, you know, right. what I mean, are you getting, you want to, you yeah. want to, you want to really make something out of this, and you I, know, right? Yeah, just because your friends are doing it, don't mean you have to yeah. do it. But uh, I, I, I say, what do you want? How bad do you want it? What are you willing to do about yeah. it? You know, and you're going to have to sacrifice oh, to get yeah. it. You know, there's it's just not they're not going to give it to you. And um, I and think no free, any, lunch. no free lunch, no free lunches. That's right. So, well, listen, Gary LaFue, I, I, I truly enjoyed the time that you spent with me. Um, one of the things I wanted to let everybody know is how they could reach out to you for the tape, for the shoot the bull tape for a, a school, where are you going to be, how can they keep up with you, and, um, and, and, and you know, we're not in sales, but yeah. we don't come free, Yeah, you know, so. Tell them, just go to, just go to Gary Lefeu at iCloud.com, you know, so it's pretty, it's my name and iCloud, you know, okay. so, so it's pretty simple, but that, that's, you know, that's, that's how to get a hold of me and, 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 and follow me, you know, that's my. Uh, website and, and, and go to Gary Lefeu Bull Riders Only, you know, Gary Lefeu Bull Riders Only, or just Google my name, you'll find it, there's a lot of shit out it'll, there it'll just come up, Google Gary Lefeu, it'll come up yeah, it'll come up, and then you'll find my schedule and everything goes the guru, but, the uh, guru but, uh, you know, come see me we'll, we'll have some fun and, uh, You're uh, that, that's awesome, you know, and, yeah. and I've, I've had a ball uh, being around you every day, I, I, I tell the story to some of these guys around here, I like yeah. one of the last schools me and you did together and um, I'd stayed up a little bit later drinking beer and shit, you know, and, and uh, next morning, fucking alarm goes off, 
and you're in the fucking shower singing zippity doo dah, zippity dah. I'm like trying to cover my fucking head with a pillow, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, you're, yeah, you're positive 24 7. Yeah, that song, that song picked your head up. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Now, but, now, before we close here, I want to give you, you guys a little, uh, a little story about uh, an optimist and a pessimist. You know, they, they put two little kids in a room, one little pessimist they put in a room full of toys, little optimist they put in a room full of horse shit. You know, they come back about an hour, the little pessimist had tore up the toys and, and was crying. They went next door, and the little, the little optimist, he's digging through the horse shit, just singing and whistling, you know. And they said, how come you're so happy? He said, man, with all this horse shit, there's got to be a pony somewhere. <laughs> so, so that's the way you got to get out of bed every day, looking for that pony. You know? I love it. I love it. That I love that. That's awesome. Well, listen, I thank you so much, and... Uh, from uh, from the bull god to the guru, thank you. Hey, man, it's been a pleasure having you, and, and we'll be here a couple more days of the school, and God, it's a, it's a little hot, but we're having fun. God's you know? good, man. Yeah. Awesome. All right, cool.